Okay. I've been watching these clips, clips of this uh, of the crucifixion all week, and uh, haven't really sat down and watched it all the way through like that. That is, uh, it's a, an experience, huh? <laughs> so let me um, let me ask you, uh, from what you just saw, let's talk about a couple of things, or let's think about a couple of things. Um, uh, what is what's the focus? What's the focus of that portrayal of that of that? Um, of that telling of the story. What's, what's the focus? His suffering, yeah. Yeah, let me write that down here. And that's, I mean, that's uh, pretty familiar. Um, pretty familiar theme. Um, the suffering of Jesus. And what's, what's the point, do you think? What do you think the point is of of Spending so much time on this, on Jesus' suffering. What's what? What? Uh, what's the director trying to evoke? Your emotions. Yeah, yeah. So, in, in addition to be, in addition to it being um, highlighting Jesus' suffering, it's uh, it's also um, emphasizing the tragedy of it. Right? The people who are all around are largely in disbelief. Right? How could this? How can this? all of a sudden be happening this way. So, um, uh, he's trying to uh, get you to feel a certain way and to, and to notice that it's, it's tragic. And why is it tragic? Because he's innocent. Yeah, he's innocent. Now, is there anything about that um, that, was, that was different than what you expected or different than what you've seen before or Unusual or struck, uh, caught your attention? Holly. Not that I haven't seen it before, but I never think about it when we read scriptures. Is the righteousness nature of his crucifixion and, like, you know, the realms and the Jews kind of at odds with each other? I don't always read that in the text. You know, it happens earlier in the text, but, like, when he's being nailed to the cross. I think um, El Nixon's movie is a bit like that, too. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, so the the fact that he was they're just they're like attack. You know, they're the Roman soldiers are trying to choke him back. That's right. Um, the guys yelling at him, change the side. It's not right. That's yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the um, the animosity of uh, of the Jews and the Romans that everybody was against him, you know, um, is really really comes to the fore. Except except for you know his his disciples and his and Mary and the Marys, right? Ellen, did you have something? I've never thought before about Barabbas' reaction to being the one free. Yeah. His portrayal, he, he looks kind of shocked and, and almost looks not as relieved and happy as you would expect him to, but more right. guilty and more like he sees the unfairness of it that, that showed in his face to me. Right. Yeah, I think that's one of the interesting things about uh, that we get to see, and if it, when the director sort of um, speculates a bit. So Barabbas. The other one was Nicodemus. You saw Nicodemus quoting Isaiah, um, and then you heard him say, "Born again," right? Which is a re- re- calling calling back to uh, the conversation he had with Jesus when he came in the night. Jesus said, "Unless you're born born again, um, you can't enter the kingdom of heaven," right? Um, and then Mary Magdalene. 
um, the woman caught in adultery, you know, that she was, interestingly, she was like the last person that Jesus is looking at. She's the last person that's in focus there before Jesus dies. How would she react? Uh, the, the, her, um, her, the, the fact that Mary, Jesus' mother, says she's one of the family, right? Um, that's, for, the, for those who were, you know, for those who were healed by Jesus or those who were forgiven by Jesus, um, it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of hard to um, fathom the, emotion, the, the range of emotions at play, right? Because on the one hand, you have uh, the, the sort of your disbelief that this, uh, your, your sadness over the fact that this is happening, right? This person who meant so much to you is dying. But then also confusion about what it means for what's happened to you. How does this, how does this play out in the rest of your life, right? Um, what, so John, when John comes and, and steps around the, the scaffolding and looks up and sees Jesus, it's almost, it's almost like, I mean, he's, he, there's nobody who knows what's going to happen next. John, even the beloved disciple, he looks, he looks like he's just confused about what's going on. How can this be, how can this be happening? Anything else? Anything else stand out to you? Yeah, Julie. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It was, it was definitely. If if he was dealing with it, it was internal. It wasn't, it wasn't something that was visible um, on the outside. And some of the other portrayals, we we do see that. And in John, in the Gospel of John, we really see Pilate wrestling with this. Um, and of course, it's it's uh, Pilate is one of the great tragic figures of the story because he um, he has Jesus preaching to him right before his death. You know, he says he says these striking things. You wouldn't have the authority to do this unless it was given to you by God. For, these, for this reason I came into the world to bear witness to the truth. And Pilate just scoffs and is, and is skeptical, right? Um, he sort of falls back into his, his, his Roman way of thinking. Um, and so, he's, so he has this opportunity, right? He has Jesus seemingly in the palm of his hand and he, and he hands him over to the Jews. Krista. Oh yeah, right. That, and that's, I think that's another one of, the, one of the great tragic components that's brought out when you see it is just the mob, the mob mentality, right? So how easy, yeah, how easy it is to, to influence a crowd and how easy it is for a crowd to behave unjustly, for a crowd to, to do something terribly regrettable, right, that, that you can't undo. Um, uh, and, and I mean, the, you, you hear the, in the scripture the Jews the leaders of the Jews saying, let, let his blood be on our head. I mean, who would say that, right? Who would say that when, if they were thinking straight about the, about the, the matter at hand, right? Um, and you, so you definitely get a sense of that here. It was, uh, and, and that was part of the, when, remember when they were walking the, the, down the road and Jesus was carrying his cross, what was, the, what was the filmography? What was the camera work like? Do you remember um, when Jesus was carrying the crossbar? It was, it was uh, very unstable, um, and kind of documentary, uh, and it was it's to evoke this uh, this the sense of the chaos of the moment, right? You're you're just being swept along with 
with the reaction of the crowd, um, which is kind of a terrifying prospect, right? That, that crowds can be so easily, easily manipulated. Jan. It's what I didn't see. Okay. Okay, yeah. That's good. More dramatic seeing. And and thinking about that, you could see how that would have affected the Roman soldiers. Yes. Not something that they would, you know, normally experience. And it was the fact that as Jesus died, the earthquake Nope, nope. Uh, you're right. When you read the Gospels, I, I, hopefully we'll get to. I want to do some a little bit of heavy lifting with the the texts, and that's one of the things you notice, um, especially in Matthew and Mark, is that the, the the earthquake and the darkness that's really prominent. Like, and the tombs being opened and people coming out. Right, this is stuff you can't ignore. <laughs> it's not just it just it's not like it's not like he. So yeah, it's it's helpful. Um, it's helpful that Jesus was that the, the scene was utterly silent except for Nathan playing the organ when uh, <laughs> when Jesus was dying. Right? Um, it's completely silent. But on the other hand, um, in some in some ways, it's not really true to it. it, it it's it's um, it's good to think that to, to think about it in that way. I think from Jesus' perspective, like a lamb he was led to slaughter, like a sheep before his shearers is silent. But on the other hand, this was a terror to the earth that that the Son of God was killed. Right. Okay, uh, Kirby. I just saw the very end where he was dying. And I thought that after the great job of the human cave, like, yeah. like, I can't even imagine talking. Right. And he did a great job of showing how difficult a time was to talk. And then that, I sort of how it transitioned into, I called joy. Yeah. That's that's right, yeah. No, you're right. That's right, and and the joy of saving the human race. I don't know. Yeah, I. This is great. I thought so too. I and it was so the the, the human pain and the the you, now that you mention it, I, I I definitely see that um, his his sort of satisfaction or his his. Um, his uh, contentment with the fact that, yeah, that's right. And when he says, when he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Um, the, the look in his eye of panic um, leading up to, the, leading up to the, all of his suffering and, and his, his giving up his spirit. I mean, that, that was great acting, I thought, too. Yeah. Holly. Um, Yeah, right. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, that's good. Carol. I was struck by what I'll call the ordinary, everyday, commonplace that crucifixion was. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't that you picture it carrying a cross and putting it on the ground, but as he depicted it, they got the strap on enough already for every, you know, anybody. Yeah. And this is something that's, that's kind of was kind of uh, it's in the history of um, depictions of the crucifixion. When it, in the twentieth century, it was kind of a, a novel thing to start um, portraying crucifixions historically. Um, 
in the, in the 19th century, the Romanticism, you know, um, how would you imagine the crucifixion to be? It's this utterly unique thing. Jesus is um, on a cross that's bigger than anybody else's cross. He carries the entire cross, not just the cross beam, whereas the, the, the thieves carry just the cross beam. Um, he, is, uh, he is majestic on the cross. He's not, he doesn't look like the other, the other criminals. Um, and so it's, it's, in some sense, it's, really, it's helpful to uh, the, the sort of anonymity with which uh, uh, the punishment was carried out, right? It's just, he's just like everybody else. Um, that, in contrast with, for instance, the fact that the earth quaked and, the, and um, there was darkness. Um, right. Right, exactly, yeah. Good, good. Anything, or anything, there are a couple more hands up. Anything else? Yeah, Barb. I was just going to say that I, from the beginning, I kind of thought, at least I saw him, like this was inevitable. He was going to have to go to prison, yeah. and he was just going to go through this. And he just kept looking like he was praying to God for help, for yeah. you know, comfort, for right. strength. And that's one of the things that you that we see in the Gospels when the Gospels write about it. Uh, in in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, Jesus three times foretells his death, and in John it even says um, I can't remember what the context is, but he says this was in order to to show, or maybe it's Mark. This was in order to show by what kind of death he would die, right? So he knew this was coming. And then in the in Luke you have the 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 incredibly moving Garden of Gethsemane scene where Jesus asks that this cup will be taken from him, right? Um, so the inevitability of it is, is um, it really is an emotional thing. He knows it's coming, um, he, 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 and, he's, and yet he does it anyways. He does it anyways. Um, uh, he lets himself be led around like a, like a sheep. Okay. Krista, did you have your hand up? Yeah, I just only want to say uh, he seems so undefeated. Yeah. Not, not afraid. Yeah, and I, well, I think, I think the contrast to, to make there is that he wasn't afraid. Like, for instance, when Pilate says, don't you know that I can put you to death, right? He's not afraid of Pilate in the least, right? Um, neither is he afraid of the Jews. Um, but I do think, uh, I do think that he, when, he's, when he's bearing the weight of sin and looking, um, looking for his heavenly father, there he is. He is fearful, right? He's fearful of abandonment. That Psalm 22, um, that, and the, the Pharisee or the scribe or whoever he was noticed that Jesus was quoting it um, even in his death. That's a, that's a psalm of terror, right? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Right? Okay, let's do, uh, so let's take a look at, um, you have the handout. This is, these are the gospel, some of the gospel texts. I'll get you a couple more copies here. Um, this is, a, now, this is a, a helpful exercise because just as these films focus on different things when they, when they tell, us, tell a story. So do the gospel writers. Um, and it's, it's helpful for us to sort of view these in parallel. Anybody else need one here? Okay. It's helpful for us to view these in parallel um, and to ask the question, what is, what's in focus? What's, what's the gospel writer bringing out? Now, it's a lot of text, and I, it was, this is one of the challenging things about um, doing the passion is that where, where you... Where you 
make your cuts is really difficult. It's also true in the, in the film. Um, because in some sense, the whole gospel, the whole gospel is, a pa- is the story of the passion, right? Um, it, in Luke, it starts, it starts in chapter 9. Jesus, there's, a, there's this uh, really important passage where in chapter 9, Jesus sets his face toward Jerusalem. And then he's on the road. Jerusalem, and that's in chapter nine, and there are twenty-four chapters in Luke, right? So, um, where you make the cut is really um, challenging uh, because it's one long extended scene. Um, so here, I, I've given you just um, the parts where we hear about Jesus' death, um, and um, let's see what happens. Um, so, I, I'm going to read. We'll see. We'll try to do an experiment here. I'll read Matthew to you, and then I want you to just think about. What, just as you do with the film, what is Matthew trying to, what is he focusing on? What's the point? So it's not just, it's not just telling us that Jesus died, but what's the point of telling us that Jesus died? And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the robe and put his own clothes on him and led him away to crucify him. As they went out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name. They compelled this man to carry his cross. And when they came to a place called Golgotha, which means place of a skull, they offered him wine to drink mixed with gall, but when he tasted it, he would not drink it. And when they had crucified him, they divided his garments among them by casting lots. Then they sat down and kept watch over him there, and over his head they put the charge against him, which read, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Then two robbers were crucified with him, one on the right and one on the left, And those who passed by derided him, wagging their heads and saying, You who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. So also the chief priests with the scribes and the elders mocked him, saying, He saved others, he cannot save himself. He is the King of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God deliver him now if he desires him. For he said, I am the Son of God. And the robbers who were crucified with him also reviled him in the same way. Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, this man is calling Elijah. And one of them at once ran and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. But the others said, Wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook and the rocks were split. The tombs also were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. When the centurion and those who were with him, keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what took place, they were filled with awe and said, Truly this was the Son of God. There were also many women there, looking on from a distance, who had followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering to him, among whom were Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Joseph and Mary uh, and the mother of the sons of Zebedee. Okay, so um, let's do this. What, uh, what's the focus there? What's, what, how is Matthew telling the story? How does it sound to you? Uh, Jan.
Okay. Okay. Now, um, that's good. So what, in what ways does it fulfill the Old Testament? Okay. There's a, the big, the big, so the second paragraph there is all about what? What's, what's going on in that second paragraph? Dividing his clothes, yeah. Right. Um, they mo- the mockery. Right. How about Jesus' death? How about his act- the, the moment of his death? What's that like here in Matthew? Sounds very dramatic. Okay. I mean, in that, here he speaks of, with his loud voice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, it, it, it's it, it's um, if you were if you were imagining it in your head, it's certainly and then and, and then that loud the, the his loud cry is followed by what the the curtain of the temple, the rocks, the earth, right? The tombs being opening. So so all of that stuff follows on this loud cry. But notice how notice how um, quickly Jesus Jesus' death comes and goes. Right. So. With a loud voice and yielded up his spirit, as opposed to um, as w- as we'll see in Luke, um, how he's talking the ent- the entire time, right? He sa- he says so many things. Here he doesn't. He just says he just says, "My God, my God, why have you forsaken me?" Right? Um, let's pa- let's just pause for a moment there with the text and watch another clip. Um, this one uh, this one shows us a bit of a bit more of the. Uh, dramatic signs that follow from his death. This is the greatest story ever told. Um, we'll just watch it. This one's a little bit short. A little bit short. Much shorter. Uh, hang on. We don't need to do that now. Okay. So that one's much different from Zeffirelli, including John Wayne. Yeah. I think it's universally agreed that John Wayne ruins the scene. Um, I don't know why. And also, you, you saw the guy peeking out the window, maybe. He's the, the blind man. He was from um, Mary, also in Mary Poppins. He's the guy who, one of, the, la, the guys, the man and woman who laugh and they go up to the ceiling, right? That's all I can think of when I see him. Um, uh, but anyway, okay, so that stuff aside, what's the, what's the focus of, what's, what was the focus there? Very different than Zeffirelli, different than Matthew. We get, this, we get a storm and darkness. As gra- you know, the scene is gradually growing darker and darker and darker. Um, but what's, what's at the center of, of the scene? I think it all is culminating in what we've been taught all along, all years, that this is the fulfillment. Okay. The, you know, the, this is it. And you get that with the, the way the music comes. The, yeah. Cue the music yeah. when Jesus dies, right? This, and it's triumphant kind of music. Um, Holly. Yeah. That's, that's right, yeah. So Jesus delivers some, or Max von, I don't know how you pronounce his last name, Sido, Sido. Um, this, uh, he's really uh, well known for long, slow dialogue. He delivers all of these lines um, without us even seeing his face, right? The cross is way over there in the distance, and he's, He's delivering these lines, and it's only at the, near the end uh, that we see his face. 
So it's not focusing on his suffering. It's focusing on, on um, uh, the things that Jesus uh, is conveying uh, as he's dying, right? Yeah, Kirby. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. And, and, and uh, Jesus is kind of iconic in the in the um, in the in the pose that he, or in the the, the 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 setting of the scene right there. I mean, it's it's the suffering. The suffering is um, is not chaotic. It's it's kind of meticulous and it's uh, purposeful. It's not it's not accidental. It's less tragic. It's certainly a less tragic figure in that in that version. Yeah. Um, let's take a look at Luke real quick because Luke, I think, matches actually, uh, kind of gives us that, the same kind of, kind of impressions that, uh, that we get from that, that portrayal. Um, so take a look at Luke here. As they led him away, they seized one Simon of Cyrene who was coming in from the country and laid on him the cross to carry it behind Jesus. And there followed him a great multitude of the people and of women who were mourning and lamenting for him. But turning to them, Jesus said... Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming when they will say, Blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. For if they do these things when the wood is green, what will happen when it is dry? Two others who were criminals were led away to be put to death with him. And when they came to the place that is called the skull, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments, and the people stood by watching. But the rulers scoffed at him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if he is the Christ of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged railed at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, Truly I say to you, Today you will be with me in paradise. It was now about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour when the sun's light failed. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. Now when the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God, saying, Certainly this man was innocent. And all the crowds that had assembled for this spectacle, when they saw what had taken place, returned home beating their breasts. And all his acquaintances and the women who had followed him from Galilee stood at a distance watching these things. So the first question is, what's, what, what are the differences between Luke and Matthew? What do you see? What's different, different in what's highlighted or brought out or emphasized? It's a def- definitely a different, uh, different tenor in Luke, right? How, do you, how would you characterize it? Yeah, 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 and yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, not less a story and more, more um, reporting. Yeah, sure. What else, Ellen? It's a little sanitized. Yeah, yeah, it, it kind of is. 
I don't think there's any blood, right? Um, Jesus doesn't seem to be, he doesn't seem to be suffering in the same way. He has, he, I mean, not, not to say that Luke is diminishing Jesus' suffering, but he's emphasizing something different here, right? He's emphasizing, look, for instance, at that long paragraph that Jesus speaks to the women who are, who, are, who are warning for him. And then there's this really sophisticated conversation between him and the criminals on the, on the cross, right? It's, it's, um, Jesus is, is much more in control of the situation. He's much more dignified um, in, than, than, for instance, Jesus in, in Zeffirelli was, right? Um, he's, he's more divine, perhaps, um, in this in this uh, in this sense, Donna. Um, it seems to me Luke is trying to say that there is definitely a purpose uh-huh. in his death. Yeah. Because the first paragraph. Yeah. Uh, and that crowd couldn't see the purpose of this. Yeah, absolutely. There was no doubt, right? The one criminal definitely did. Yeah. And so I think that's what he's trying to show. Right. Right. And uh, yeah. And and at the end, I mean, the centurion, and then the cr- the crowds. So Luke, Luke doesn't leave anybody out. The crowds who were assembled, they all returned home, beating their breasts because of what they had seen, right? They, they, all, they all understood. That first paragraph there shows him as prophet. Yeah, right. That's right. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Um, he's, he's speaking just like a prophet does, even to, even to the very end. Seven, you know, in 70 AD, it comes through. Uh, that's right. Yep, Jerusalem is destroyed. And... and um, so, so in that sense, it is kind of this big picture thing, right? Jesus' death in Luke um, sounds less, less about his, his particular suffering, his peculiar um, uh, fate, but more the big picture story of what's going on here. This is for the sake of the, the whole world. Um, and uh, um, what comes next, Luke is, def- is, is kind of accelerating, kind of thrusting us forward to, what comes next? He's interested in getting us to Acts, to uh, to the, the the story of the church after Jesus has risen and ascended to heaven, um, and so this is all leading up to that. You, at the beginning of Luke, I mean, he says he says it right away. He says, you know, you've heard you've heard this story before. Here I'm gonna I'm going to um, tell it to you again in an orderly in an orderly way. I'm going to set out all the facts. Right? That's that's what Luke says basically. The beginning of the gospel. Any other any other notes there? Right. That's right. Consider one of the classic ones. Yes. Yeah. That's it's not. It's oh, the only well, the only one. I think the only movie that it's left out of is uh, the one that's just the Gospel of John. Right. Um, it's like two two paragraphs of well, that seems to be the focal point of that, and then also with the two beside him, two, you'll be with me in paradise. So it's sort of like the people he didn't even run into until right that afternoon. So it's a, I don't know. It seemed like it's very. Father forgives everyone, mm-hmm. and specifically forgives the two that Jesus died. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, Jesus is—he's—he's he's still doing the work that he was doing all through his life, even to the, even to the very end, even on the, even on the cross. I mean, um, that statement, "Father, forgive them," um, is, is for they know not what they do. I mean, he's—he's—he doesn't. That is, that is uh, sort of epitomizes the compassion of Jesus, right? The mercy of Jesus. Um, this is so you can endure all kinds of suffering um, in a lot of different ways, but to suffer at the hands of those who hate you, um, and to and to still say, "Father, forgive them, for they know what, not what they do." That's divine, right? You can't you don't you can't do that if you're a mere human. <laughs> all right, Jan. Well. Sure. Yeah, he's ministering. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So Luke, and that's a good, that's a good way to parse it out. Luke is very kind of systematic in, in giving us Jesus, um, in, uh, the Jesus that we need going forward into the, into the church, right? That's, that's uh, the picture that he gives us. Okay. Now let's take a look at John. John is, um, John is just slightly different um, in a couple of ways. Uh, we'll, let's, we'll just read it and then, uh, and then talk about it a bit. So they took Jesus and he went out bearing his own cross to the place called the place of a skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him and with him two others, one on either side and Jesus between them. Pilate also wrote an inscription and put it on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this inscription for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city and it was written in Aramaic, in Latin and in Greek. So the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, do not write the king of the Jews, but rather this man said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, what I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his garments and divided them into four parts, one part for each soldier, also his tunic. But the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. So they said to one another, let us not tear it, but cast lots for it to see whose it shall be. This was to fulfill the scripture, which says, they divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. So the soldiers did these things, but standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother, the disciple whom he loved, and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour the disciple took her to his own home. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said, To fulfill the scripture, I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there, so they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished, and he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Since it was the day of the preparation, and so that the bodies would not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a high day, the Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken, and that they might be taken away. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who had been crucified with him, But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once there came out blood and water. He who saw it has borne witness. His testimony is true, and he knows that he is telling the truth, that you also may believe. For these things took place that the scripture might be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. And again, another scripture says, they will look upon him whom they have pierced. So what's John after here in in telling the story? Yeah, fulfillment, and, and, and so much more explicitly than Matthew, right? This happened to fulfill the scripture. This happened, he said this in order to fulfill the scripture. Um, Carol. Oh, I, along with that, it just struck me that something that seems so incidental or is in all three to fulfill the scripture. That's right. Divided his garments. Yeah, yeah. John is, John is, clearly, um, is clearly writing having reflected on this. He's, 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 uh, you can imagine, I mean, the beloved disciple, right? Replaying the, replaying the scene over and over again and, and remembering. This is what, what uh, the, the Gospels tell us. The, the disciples afterwards remembered all of the things that had happened and they, they, they learned um, how, he, how Jesus was fulfilling the scriptures. And again, uh, in Luke, on the road to Emmaus, right, he opened the scriptures to them, showing them how all, thing, all the things referred to him. So it's kind of like um, when, when John tells us the story, he's, he's you know, Having lived through it is putting the pieces together for us, tying, the, putting the puzzle together for us. Jan, I see a much more 
Yeah, sure. Sure. Um, although, although his it, it the with the emphasis on the fulfillment of scripture, um, at this point with his with when it comes to him dying, it's it's really kind of um, kind of tame, right? He thirsts, and then he gives up his spirit, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's much more focused on fulfillment. Holly. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Again. So I. So I. I suspect it all. I mean, this. This is one of the. One of the interesting things about telling the story, and this is why films, I think, probably have a challenge, um, on their hands when they when they portray it, because they're, going based on the Gospels. Um, which are, which are accounts of the of the story. So the Gospels are already reflecting theologically on what happened, right? John is already reflecting. He's looking back and and parsing out the moments for us, saying this is what that meant or this is what that meant. And then these film these writers come along and they try and do that about the Gospels, and it's it, it's twice removed. You know, it's twice removed from uh, from the source. And they're doing maybe something theological, maybe something political. Who knows? Um, that's one of the one of the real challenges, and that's why when we watch um, Jesus films and any film, we have to be sort of discerning. We have to co- be cognizant of the fact that um, it's an interpretive enterprise. They're not just relaying the facts, right? They're they're interpreting interpreting the gospels. Let's watch. Um, well, let me see here. The we, we won't have much time to talk about it. Um, here, okay. So I'll show you. The last thing I'll show you is Cecil B. DeMille. Um, his a couple of parts. So the, his whole the, the, the scene that I clipped was ten minutes long. It's hard to splice it, so I'm going to fast forward for a few, uh, through a few things. Um, I won't do it four times speed this time around. Um, uh, I'll just skip some parts. Um, but watch for how he does he does the uh, the dramatic um, signs in the earth. Right, Cecil B. DeMille. Think of, I mean this this is this is how you do film, right? Um, and then also. Uh, Notice what, well, you'll see what he adds at the end um, in terms of, uh, well, maybe, maybe it's not an addition based on what Luke says, but just watch. Okay, just watch. Okay, so it's uh, clearly a, a flair for the dramatic in the, the, uh, the high-budget uh, dramatic effects there. Um, but Jesus, no, no, it's not incidental how Jesus is um, so iconic, right? He's on a different kind of cross than the, than the criminals, and he is so sober the entire time, um, and he's so, he has su- such stature, um, which uh, fits within the character of, of how it was understood that you would portray Jesus um, in, the, in the 1920s. That's, this, is what, this, is, this is the only way you could do it. There was not going to be any passion of the Christ kind of brutality. Um, so, any questions? All right, let's pray. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, 
and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Next week we'll finish up. There's just 20 minutes left to the film and then we'll take a break for Christmas.